I have one program for one year because I think that uh, first uh, performance and the last performance of the year, it's two different performance. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Belladance Live podcast. I'm your host, Jana Komarnitska, and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are our regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about Belladance art form. Plus, I really like hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. Cross-training is the key to successful dancing. It may sound shocking, but it's true, especially if you don't see improvement in your skills. And why not cross-train doing what you already love? Sharky, the belly dance workout is what happens when authentic belly dance meets high-energy fitness. Sharky builds endurance for your gigs, stamina for your technique, and strength and flexibility to prevent injuries. From cardio and core to strength and stretch, their membership has everything you need to dance your best. Both live online and recorded options are available. Try them out for only $5 for the first week. They guarantee that you'll love their workouts and supportive community. Join now at sharky.com slash online, S-H-A-R-Q-U-I dot com slash online, direct link in the show notes. Today we have very inspiring young, talented artist as a guest at the Baladins Live podcast. Eva Charkina, also known as Evochka Charkina, is a winner of Darium Cup 2018 in the category Youth Lovers. She's the winner of the competition The Way to the Stars of 2018 and many, many other competitions in Ukraine as well as at the international dance scene. She has a university degree in modern choreography from the Kyiv University of Culture and currently living in Kyiv, Ukraine. She continues to be an active dance performer, choreographer and teacher, taking participation in events both in Ukraine and abroad. In our today's conversation, we talked about her very first ballad dance performance after the beginning of the war. And this is the performance that had been circling around the internet in the ballad dance circles. It became almost viral and you probably have seen it. It was a really important and very inspiring step to see Ukrainian dancers coming back to active dance activities. And Eva was one of the first ones who gave this inspiration and, and gave that strength to other people, to other artists who were going through very deep emotional depression regarding their artistic endeavors. We also, in our today's conversation, uh, talked about creating choreographies for competitions and comparing competitions and gala shows and how she um, makes her choices of which choreographies to do or to perform. We also talked about the importance of a dance repertoire and even the concept, because in other dance genres, it's very typical that there is certain dance repertoire for a season, but in ballet dance field, we kind of leave it very open usually. And here was a very interesting example of someone who takes it more on a systematic uh, 
more systematic approach to this question as well. And we talked about finding individuality as a dancer, which is extremely important, just the same way as a teacher. And how Eva started not only her belly dance journey in general, but also how she started her teaching activities too. She is currently uh, not only active teacher and performer, she's also currently a very active choreographer who works with different, different dancers and not only creates choreographies for herself, but also works uh, for other dancers too. So really inspiring, really motivating conversation. I'm extremely happy to release it today. I hope you will enjoy it. And at the end, don't forget to let us know what you think and screenshot this episode and either share it on social media or maybe just send a link to one friend who you definitely know you have, who really needs to hear something like our today's conversation. Jelina and Belladance Evolution are back, taking their show and programs across the globe. You know how many guests we had previously on this podcast sharing how much the experience with BDE pushed their dance career. You can have it too. Audition for Jelina's latest production and join Jungle Book cast. All details at www.joinbde.com. Direct link in the show notes, joinbde.com. Hello, Eva. I am very happy to chat with you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for agreeing to participate. And I am really sincerely curious about your dance experience, your dance story, and I'm really excited about our today's conversation. <laughs> uh, hello, uh, I'm very glad to be here. Thank you for an invitation and uh, thank you so much for interesting to my person. I usually start like to start the begin the conversation the beginning of the conversation i usually go to the very beginning of a dance journey but uh considering current situation i actually want to start sort of a little bit backwards and ask you about today so how are you today uh you're in ukraine you spend all this time in Ukraine and this is a situation that like we can't just like ignore and it influences life and dance life at all. So I want first of all to, to just to ask like how are you today and if there is any anything that we as a belly dance community can do like you know to support to help to cheer you and belly dance community in Ukraine considering all these circumstances and how the war influenced everyone's life and also influence a lot dance life of artists there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, now I'm okay, but uh, in last year I can't uh, dance. I can't uh, feel uh, anything about my about my dancing. It's uh, it was so uh, so hard uh, because my first competition after war. Uh, was uh, after two months or three months, I, I don't remember. And it, it was uh, very difficult for me because I can't smile like usual life. Uh, I cry during my performance. Um, I cry after my performance and before because uh, uh, war, it's... Um, 
the most um, the most um, horrible situation in our life for me and now after after a year uh, i'm okay i um, go to competition i i dance a lot and uh, i continue my life uh, but i can't uh, forget about war of course i send money uh, for um, military forces and uh, our dance community in world uh, help us uh, maybe discount for a package of festival or a free um, free competition maybe for for me and it's uh, very helpful because um, when I go to competition now I can't fly from my city uh, I uh, must go to another country buy tickets there and uh, it's a lot of money <laughs> so a lot of organization uh, help us help Ukrainian dancer in our belly dance community Hmm. That's really uh, good to know and very uh, inspiring to hear like the continuous support of world community because whenever I talk these days with Ukrainians, Ukrainian dancers and me myself, like, okay, I'm not physically in Ukraine, but like I also go emotionally through different story, but influence and it's always observing this contrast of like all Ukrainians are trying to continue the normal life and there are many like way less than before, before war, but still quite a lot of dance events on a smaller scale, but there's here, there, people try to perform, people try to go abroad outside of Ukraine to participate. So for many um, people outside of Ukraine, it may seem like, oh, everything is back to normal. Even I sometimes, like literally like a few weeks ago, uh, met some artists and there's like oh so is everything okay in Ukraine and I was like you know that feeling like squeezing inside like no it's not but visually because there is much less talk much less publicity and people are really wanting to go back to this normal or it's not going to be normal but wanting that it kind of fades and it kind of goes these two contrasts together there is a war and it's not normal, but there is element that reminds of normal life. So thanks for sharing. And I know you were, um, uh, it was very inspiring to see your strengths. I remember back then a year ago when you did that performance, like two or three months after the beginning, that was very, very tough emotionally for everyone. It's like one of the like peak moments of toughness to go through the war and senior performance, uh, to me, it was just like, oh my God, you, I don't know how strong you must be going through all this emotional pressure of what is going on at your home, with your family, with your country, and still go on stage. Why did you decide, if I may ask, why did you, you personally decide uh, that for you it was important to go and perform? Because many artists canceled any events, uh, uh, competitions, uh, many dancers uh, stopped dancing for a long, long time. Some of the dancers still didn't get back to dancing. So if you, think, if you can think back like a year ago, why for you you took a decision to actually go and perform there? Because I decide that it's one way to help me, uh, to help, um, how to say, 
uh, help my dance life one way only because uh, I'm very love. Uh, I I fall in love in in Oriental dance, and it's it was first time when I can't dance, uh, can't uh, listen music, can't watch performance, and I I didn't know what I should do for this, and then I decided that it uh, that is uh, one way to back uh, dancing life, and it was. Uh, Right, right uh, decision. And you planned, I assume that you planned that performance uh, and applied for that performance prior to the beginning of war. Or was it that decision like afterwards, like, oh no, I want to find somewhere to go and perform? Mm, before one month a festival, I decided this. Ah, wow. So it was already the decision, like, I want to get myself out of this uh, feeling of being stuck. Wow, that's even more incredible because uh, it's another thing that you already had some plans because festivals we apply sometimes like, I don't know, half a year before, three, four months before festival and we arrange that and it's one thing to decide to cancel or not to cancel uh, but in your case it's an example of uh, if I want to change something I need to take an action even mm-hmm. how how incredible like or insane for some people it may sound after that performance um was it was that was that performance that click that you were hoping for like did it really help you to get back into dance and uh creative thinking or uh, was it still extremely difficult even after that performance uh, it's a little bit help uh, me, but uh, when I ca- came back to home, to Ukraine, it's the most uh, it's the most right decision. Uh, it uh, it is help me to back my normal life and my dancing life too, because my home it's my uh, it's my all. And here I can create and I can dance. Hmm. I also know that uh, about the same time you were, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm mistaken, but you were Mm -hmm. graduating. It was like your last year of graduation from university and you were a dance student there. Yes. May you share how that situation influenced your dance activities at university? Was like the classes as normal or was it like switched to completely something different format? Or how was your last year of being a dance student at university in these kind of circumstances? Uh, After war, uh, so uh, actually uh, after COVID situation, we we study in university in Zoom. Mm -hmm. And uh, after a while, uh, all um, all dance classes uh, was cancelled. But then uh, we start study only only like um, lectures, and then we we write our diplomas, and that's all. Mm-hmm. You seem to be very uh, determined in terms of building dance career, professional dance career. Not only you're very active in ballet dance, but you 
got a degree in university. So actually, before asking about that, I want to step aside a little bit uh, from the topic of current situation and um, specifically Ukraine, but I want to go to your personal story. Hmm. How did you start doing dancing in general? And I'm very, very curious specifically about the beginning of your belly dance journey. Do you remember where did you see belly dance for the first time? And how did you happen to be in the dance, belly dance class? Uh, any thoughts that you had about this dance style? Like, do you re remember that first encounter of belly dance in your life? Uh, one day my mom came home and said that, um, that she is so, um, so, um, place where, uh, where girls, uh, dance uh, this style. And, uh, she asked me, maybe I uh, want to go to this, uh, activity and I agree, agree with you or with her and, um, My first uh, belly dance classes was uh, in 2011. Uh, and it was like um, strange movement, strange costume, mm, old style and uh, like style in, um, I don't know how to say, Jimmy Jimmy Achacha, like this. <laughs> Very like pop stereotypical, uh-huh. Yes, it's not professional, and um, in the uh, with um, mm, this uh, teacher, I was one year, and then I changed my teacher, and um, her name is Vera, and uh, with her I dance uh, during three three years, three years. And then uh, the third my teacher is Violetta, and uh, until today I dance with her and I enjoy all uh, all things uh, what she do with mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. uh, may I ask how old you were when you came into ballet dance class? Eleven years. Oh wow! Uh, it is very common in Ukraine for children of different age, even younger, to get involved in ballet dance. But it is very, very unusual for everyone who hears about it outside of Ukraine or like uh, nearby countries to Ukraine. Like um, it's not a thing. And everyone's like, oh, children and ballet dance, it's weird stuff. So for your experience, um, Do you see many children in your dance class? I'll just dive like as if blank, as if I don't know anything. But like, can you share your experience about children doing ballet dance in Ukraine? And in your experience, was it weird for you to go to ballet dance? Like you mentioned it was weird costumes, music, but I kind of felt you were talking right now from perspective of you knowing now that it was like old style or like not professional. But back then when you 11 year old girl stepped into ballet dance class, uh, Did you like it? What did you think about ballet dance itself as a as a kid, basically? Uh, I enjoy uh, everything when I came to my dancing class. Firstly, because I uh, I excited music and movements, but then uh, I feel some shy uh, because it's not um, uh, popular dance. 
and uh, some people until today think that it's so so strange uh, strange activity it's uh, not popular it's not uh, uh, pretty beautiful i don't know why <laughs> Uh, so, uh, but I enjoy, I remember that I enjoy all, all, all uh, things in this style. Hmm. Did you have many uh, friends that also were attending ballet dance classes back then? Uh, no, no. Uh, because, uh, because all of them, I think, uh, cancelled... Uh, Zayer's career in the in this style. I see. So uh, uh, your dance friends came afterwards, <laughs> not from those early ages. I see. Uh, and when did it happen for you that you start thinking about dance actually as a career? Uh, I think that I uh, always think about it from my first. <laughs> from my first lesson i don't know uh why but uh i'm very ambitious person and i wanna be always first <laughs> and um it's not bad it, it's not about arrogance uh, but it's about uh it's about ambitions it's normal i think it's also about mentality mentality of ukrainians because this is very but very common and I think that's one of the reasons of popularity of competitions it's uh, and it's really like literally not about arrogance as you mentioned it's just a different mentality that this becomes something important like that like feeling of trying to achieve something of trying to uh, compete and it has both sides like you know better and uh, uh, and good, but very often we focus on bad things, like, oh, competitions, they bring this and that, and very often forget about, like, good things that, that come up uh, uh, from competitions. So for you, your vision or your goals of trying to create and build a career, an actual career based on Belladance, how do you see, like, what kind of Path or what kind of ways are available in order to achieve this goal? Like, what is the, let's say, main focus should be, or what is the main focus for you in terms of actually achieving this goal? For me, of course, um, firstly, uh, I think that it's impossible, to be honestly, without money, because all competitions are so expensive, and you should go uh, to competition uh, often uh, then uh, so many organizations uh, can see your performance and then uh, they can invite you to their festival it's uh, one way for be popular in our world i don't uh, say about my country because i want to be popular uh, in whole world uh, then uh, when you uh, if you haven't a lot of money, uh, you see um, on competition where you can win uh, teaching for next year. Uh, 
performance uh, performance on gala, or gala show and um, something else maybe package for another festival uh, full package uh, and it's help uh, for your um, for your career and it's my uh, way because I haven't money from when I was child and uh, sometimes now and for me first place it's not about uh, only first place it's about price because i haven't um, a lot of money for continue um continue my festival uh trip and uh, it helped me a lot because um, in Greece, in Poland, in Spain, I won first place and I can uh, share my dancing the next year with a lot of students uh, in another country. So uh, it uh, correct way for me. And uh, uh, share a lot of uh, videos in Instagram because it's very important in our life. I am mm -hmm. extremely happy that you brought up this topic because uh, every time like we kind of talk about these uh, like strategies or goals, uh, many people are not comfortable about talking to talk about practicality. Like, yeah, we all have our budgets, and in order to build a career, you need to be in a circle, so you need to travel, you need to compete, participate in workshops, but it all costs money and many people are not comfortable. So thank you for bringing it up. And it's actually a very cool tip and point like, yeah, be smart when you choose where to use your money, where to direct your money, always think what it will bring you at the end. Because it's not, if you're thinking smart about building career, it's not just about first place. It's about, okay, but what will be the next step? But... All that can be possible only with one condition. You actually need to be a good dancer. <laughs> yes, and you actually need to show up and do best at the competition. So, can I ask you, when you prepare your performance for competition, because it will be different maybe than Galasha, but for competition, uh, how much do you pay attention to judges and who sits in judges and do you ever adjust your style according to the judges and like maybe you know in their preferences or uh, you usually decide not even like to pay attention just do what you feel you want to do yes of course it's the second variant because i always uh, dance what i want and i wo uh, and i always dance how i feel it because uh, I know uh, this way, uh, when you see judges, uh, uh, you think about what uh, what she like, and you create uh, some choreo for them preferences. But I always do what I want, always. And uh, how I feel, because uh, it's my style, because I... Uh, Eva, one person in this world, and I uh, dance what uh, what I want. Mm -hmm. uh, did you ever regret it? Did you ever had a critique on that point? Like always, like you know, I do what I want on competitions. In your in your story, in your personal experience, um, I think no. I I had a critique 
catalytic for me when I uh, start my dancing career and I haven't um, individuality. I find found my individuality maybe in 2020. Just recently. Yes. Uh, be because uh, when we start uh, dance, we uh, we want to um, take uh, some uh, individual uh, movements from uh, a lot of uh, a lot of teachers, but not from us. Mm. So a little bit lazy to do our own work. But I have a question now because what you mentioned. Uh, was very interesting. You you said that you felt like you found your individuality only like a few years ago, very recently. What was that moment? How did you actually realize that, oh, I feel I have my individuality? Mm. Uh, when I understood that I have some special movements, some special actors um, feeling and uh, uh, this, uh, this is what I do and nobody else do this movement or actors mm -hmm. uh, movement. From your personal experience of trying to find individuality, um, maybe you can think about some tips or some suggestions for dancers like who are listening to us right now because this is a topic that it's very painful for many dancers like okay i need i know i need to find individuality but it's such undefined uh, topic that is like okay but how how can i find my individuality so thinking about your story or your search maybe you can think about like one little tip of at least where to start or what to think about or what to do like whatever comes to your mind in a sense of helping dancers or our listeners on their search of their individuality in dance mm, i uh, i can say one tips but uh, it's about um, it's about experience because you should um, dance a lot you should take uh, workshops a lot you should uh, um, uh, you should um, training and uh, you should uh, try new uh, try new things in your dancing always and then you can find something new only for you and that's all for me mm. so it's all about experience of absorbing but then sort of marinating and transferring this uh, information and technique inside you when you're prefer preparing for a competition, do you prepare a new choreography for each festival or you just have some repertoire already ready that you use for each event? Yes, I have one program for one year because I think that uh, first uh, performance and the last performance of the year, it's two different performances. Because when you dance one one um, choreography during the one year, um, you can add some new um, feeling. Uh, you improve your technique. You improve uh, your feeling of choreography, and then uh, you can um, uh, you can show 
your best variation in this horror. How does it work, working on repertoire? Is it in the beginning of the year you prepare dances for the year or is it during the year you are preparing those dances? Mm, always I prepare new choreography mm, in September, maybe in August, in August, before, uh, before um, study years, if you know what I mean. Uh, but now, after war, I mm, change my plan <laughs> and I create uh, and teacher create for me choreo in February. So you dance, you do combination of your choreographies and your teacher's choreographies. Uh, now I dance uh, choreography from Daria Mitskevich and Alexei Ribashapka because um, for me it's uh, it's prestigious dance uh, choreo choreographies from the world teachers. It's not embarrassing because some girls think that uh, she should dance uh, only their choreographies and uh, uh, and sometimes it um, gets on the way their um, development because uh, the world teachers, it's uh, always good uh, new experience in uh, our dancing uh, life. Mm. I'm loving this conversation <laughs> uh, because early even what caught my attention, you mentioned that with one of your teachers, you're still studying, but you are today, if to think today, you are very known also in popular teacher yourself, but you continue studying and you're acknowledging it. That's what really makes me so like, you know, happy and smiling because there are so many dancers who once they start teaching, they stop talking about their own teachers, they stop going to workshops, they only maybe take some private classes, but never share or tell that, oh, I took some private class with And you're a different example, like you're just open, like, yeah, you're teaching, you are trying to build a career in dance, but you still like work with a teacher yourself and you just talk about it. That's great, that's very cool. Coming back to the topic of your repertoire, I'm curious about this because I never had a chance with someone to talk about this from this perspective. It's always like kind of we think, oh, we jump from one choreography to another, but we don't think about repertoire. We don't think about seasons in our dance life and repertoire. So uh, how many choreographies on average, I know it will be like not a specific number, but sometimes more, sometimes less, but on average, how many choreographies you consider as your active repertoire at any moment of your dance uh, cycle, let's say. <laughs> it's uh, two choreographies. It's oriental and it's folklore. And then what happens? So you perform them for a while and then you just switch and forget about them to, and switch to something else? Or how does it work? When I finished, uh, when I finished one season, I think about new program with my teacher, of course, and we think about uh, style, about music, about new costume and create together or I uh, go to another teacher and uh, take uh, choreo and uh, that's all. But during the year, it's not only to choreography what I dance because uh, other I can uh, do myself, of course, uh, and maybe for gala show or maybe uh, another styles maybe it's tabla solo or maybe it's pop song but the main uh, the main mm, categories it's oriental and folk I think through very earlier 
before um, new dancing season. Mm. So basically your differentiation between main choreographies and everything else, it's more like main choreographies for competitions or is it like different differentiation? Like what, what, what do you consider the main choreographies? Mm, yes, in Ukraine, uh, in our federation, um, in uh, categories professional dancer, uh, we have three, uh, three, we can, uh, we can dance three performance. It's oriental, it's folklore and it's improvisation. And of course we should create, uh, of course, um, folklore dance too, because, uh, now, uh, a lot of dancer, uh, dance only oriental style, mm -hmm. but in, in competition for us, um, very important uh, that how dancer can um, transfer in different characters, yes. Okay, so I just want to clarify here for listeners who may be not familiar, it's uh, in Ukraine, there are different dance organizations and you're talking about Federation, Dance Federation, which is active in, in Ukraine. Uh, not to confuse because it's another thing that is not common in many countries, like there are no like associations or federations for ballet dancers, but in Ukraine it's like every organization will have sort of set of rules for competitions and uh, requirements. What for you is the main difference between choreography for competition and choreography just for gala show? Mm. For competition, you choose music, movements uh, and costume, uh, which can uh, show you from the best side, because it's competition, because judges uh, take a points, write mm -hmm. the points. Uh, mm -hmm. and it's very important for competition. Uh, in gala show, you can create what you want. You can uh, create some strange uh, things <laughs> and um, uh, you can be crazy. But in competition too. But um, how to explain? It's um, uh, in competition, you should um, follow more correctly uh, dancing. You mean trying to go more traditional, or, or what do you mean? Uh, but I say about Ukrainian performance, mm -hmm. maybe for for the uh -huh. foreign competition, it's not important. But for us, for, for example, we can do split uh, in Oriental dance. True. And I was just thinking about that, how it's interesting contrast, because the stereotypes are about that all oh, Slavic dancers, Ukrainian dancers, they're all crazy, they do amazing, like, uh, not necessarily amazing, but like this crazy stuff, they mix a lot of elements. But if you look closely at the competitions like that, there are very strict rules and there's very strict restrictions, like, no, you cannot add this element, it's not about oriental dance, now you're, like, messing up with, like, actual dance that's so cool that you brought it up <laughs> yes because we had we have 10 um, criteria for competition uh, which very important and um, um, and we create choreography uh, for these rules and for me it's the uh, the best rules <laughs> for oriental dancing <laughs> 
Now, of course, it's different in every country, but I was very curious about your experience and you're very active also. Uh, you're both active abroad, but you're also very active in Ukraine. You started teaching classes yourself. So now you're not just as a performer and uh, uh, student, but you are a teacher yourself. Ooh, when did you start teaching classes? Um, it was in 2017 in my hometown uh, because all uh, teacher in our um, in our belly dance studio can't uh, can't do the lesson and I stay alone mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, of course my teacher control all my steps in my beginning it's very important because uh, she control everything she control um, movement on the lesson she control cutting off music she control what i say on the lesson she control how to say in lesson mm-hmm. so it's very important for beginning uh, of teaching uh, and now until today i often ask her uh, what i should do in this situation What was the most valuable uh, tip or lesson she gave you in terms of teaching others? Uh, the most, uh, the best tip uh, which she say me that I should, I must control my emotion because I, I have a strange character and uh, I have a lot of emotion when I maybe. Uh, not to agree with somebody or uh, if uh, I see unfair situation and uh, sometimes I can't control my emotion and I, I can't control my uh, saying. What you say, uh-huh. And uh, her advice that I, I must control. Firstly, I should think and that say. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good advice for everyone, regardless of your teachers or not. <laughs> Um, we were talking a lot about the process of creating choreographies and you mentioned that you are using and dancing choreographies from your teachers and you are doing choreographies for yourself but I also know that you do choreography now for your students and for other dancers do you remember first time you had to create choreography for someone else? I don't remember for, for who I create my choreo and uh, what's uh, what I think I don't remember that's okay did you ever encounter doing or maybe I can ask uh, without maybe names or anything but um, what was the most difficult choreography you ever created or what was the most difficult process of working on choreography for someone else did you ever have it Or maybe for you it's like, you know, very easy, very natural, like, you know, you never had any hardships of trying to come up with a choreography, especially for someone else I'm, I'm talking, I'm curious about. Uh, first is the most difficult um, for me, it's create choreo in folkloric style, uh, uh, in um, style uh, which, I, um, which I not feel. For example, uh, for me, uh, for me, um, more comfortable style. Style, for example, it's ballad. But sometimes 
somebody want from me uh, choreography in dabki style it's not comfortable for me it's uh, uh, it's very difficult to create this style for me of course and the second uh, uh, the difficult situation when i start create choreography for my student because uh, i wanna do the best choreography and uh, i think that uh, i i need um, add more and more and more and more and when i um see from the other side it's too much no i couldn't level so you mean right yes mm. it's mm. not for for a level it's about it's about um it's too much it's not sport it's it's about uh it's about feeling it it's about art uh, that's a good uh, point too even for competitions uh, how long does it take you on average to create a choreography sometimes it can be one hour sometimes it, it can be 10 days or one month mm. and where do you usually start I'm actually now let's go back to you if you work for yourself where does your inspiration come from? Is it idea? Is it music? Is it costume? Like, where, where do you start? Like, okay, I, I want to work on new choreography. Okay, what's next? Uh, for me, it's, of course, the last moment. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, can, I can go to maybe a shop and think a lot and stop. And I want to dance this style in this costume with this music go home, come back to home <laughs> and find this and create uh sometimes i i listen music and uh, then i um, imagine uh look for it and uh, then i create choreo but in last moment in last moment and when do you decide that the choreo is ready for performance is it your decision or it's usually because of deadline? Okay, I have to perform, so it's ready. <laughs> deadline, because I'm a little bit perfectionist. And uh, it's about deadline, of course. I see. Very, very common for many dancers, I guess. Uh, Never-ending <laughs> process of, of making, trying to make it better. Uh, yes. In your dance career, in your dance current dance activities, uh, do you feel your university degree in dance, did it help you or, uh, or you didn't really have any influence on your belly dance career? It's of course helped uh, help me uh, because first of all, it's about um, methodic of teaching. It's first. Then uh, it um, helped me because I should uh, teach uh, students and uh, myself from basic to hard to advance hard advance. Uh, and then it helped me uh, with new movement, new feeling uh, my body because I study in. Uh, modern choreography and um, it's about uh, other other body parts and I use all my body because in oriental dance we, we use uh, separate uh, parts of our body but in modern dance we can uh, we can use we can use together these parts mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's less about super, uh, isolation. It's more about like smooth transition, I guess. <laughs> uh, do you think for someone who wants to become a professional ballet dancer, specifically ballet dancer, do you think it's important to go and do dance degree at university? Now it's not important because now we have a lot of information uh, in internet, in, uh, for example, Instagram, in we can uh, buy some courses and uh, some books and uh, teach uh, ourselves. But, but, uh, I think that university help, of course, uh, a lot of uh, informations. It's also interesting because everyone's experience will be different. Like I went through university and I know some benefits that I got out of it. But sometimes I'm thinking like, ah, oh, for ballet dance, maybe it was not really, really necessary. But it all depends on the goals because even in dance career, there are many so so many different paths. And for teaching, or even uh, not only for teaching, but like for uh, concerts or stage management or for choreography, creating choreographies. It also depends on the spe specialization of dance degree at university. So it's not just dance because it can be many different, so let's say, um, nuances or uh, specialties at university. Like dance is very generic. So I was just curious about your experience because you, you graduated relatively recently just like what one two years ago <laughs> even less i think mm -hmm. right so mm -hmm. good but it's uh and i assume there was no belly dance subjects at your university it was all about like modern contemporary maybe some folk dances around the world but it's very rare to see belly dance anything belly dance related in universities mm -hmm. so i was curious like how you feel like uh about was it input good for you in terms of ballet dance career or was it sort of side uh, side thing just to have a degree and then it was a dance degree? So uh, thanks for sharing it again. It's, it will be different decisions for everyone. Depends on what exactly they want to do in ballet dance and what exactly university program they're considering of doing. So, And what are your current, let's say, focus or uh, goals in terms of developing your uh, dance career? Uh, it's, of course, new dance festival uh, in May, in June. And uh, I want to firstly go to Egypt festival. And uh, I think it's a very important in our style, uh, go to Egypt uh, and uh, see uh, see the elegance of belly dance and um, then of course i want to create new show for some uh, some gala show uh new uh, new looks new new um, new strange thing for me <laughs> mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, i think that it helped me in my dancing career and uh, that's all. And in terms of your teaching activities, uh, do you teach currently only in-person classes? Because I know you're currently living in Kiev. 
Mm-hmm. For, lo- for many years already, but like you, you're currently living in Kiev and you're teaching classes in Kiev actively. Do you only teach now in person or do you also teach online classes? Uh, yes, of course. Now, now in Kiev, I have one group for beginners and uh, I do individual lessons for my students. And of course, I teach in online a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. So what's the best way for our listeners to contact you? Maybe you have some favorite social media or any other ways of contacting you in case they want to, first of all, follow your dance activities and see your uh, future dance journey because you are just at such very beginning. Like I can only imagine how many competitions, awards, successes, achievements you'll have in the future for your career. So for all our listeners who may want to follow your progress and your journey, where can they follow it and how they can contact you if someone wants to take some classes online or maybe work with you for some individual choreography for them. So what's the best way to contact you? It's Instagram, of course. Because I like I like Instagram so much, and I'm share a part of my life there, and um, everybody can um, write me in my Instagram. Mm-hmm. I will include link to your uh, social media and first of all to Instagram in the show notes, so all our listeners can easily find it there and connect. And uh, before I ask our like final question, like this hour just went like like this. Like I was like, oh wow, it's already an hour we are chatting. <laughs> so <laughs> before I ask our final question, I also uh, once again want to thank you for agreeing to participate. I know we just touched the top, top of the mountains of your dance journey, but I was very happy to uh, connect with you and to feature you on the project. And I'm very excited for all the things that you have already did already done and for all the things that are coming so good luck with it and thank you for spending this time with us today (laughs) thank you so much too and time for me passed very quickly and thank you so much for invitation and it's it was first experience in my life uh, interview uh interview online and not uh, my native language (laughs) well It was really a cool conversation. I had a lot of interesting insights. And before I let you go, I have only one question. So we have one, I call it traditional question of the podcast, which I ask every guest, regardless of what we talked uh, during the conversation. So I always close it with this question. And the question is, what makes you fall in love with belly dance again and again? So you keep doing it for so many years. Uh, it uh, feels uh, myself in this style of the dance and uh, what I can feel during my performance when I, uh, what I can feel during uh, during dancing when I listen this music when I do this movement when I um, when I smile it's about all 
This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, bringing more consistency and more fun into your dance training online. Check it out at yanadanceclub.com, direct link in the show notes. And before you leave, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends, as well as leave a review on iTunes or any other app you're using to listen to the show. The more people know about this podcast, the easier it is for me to bring even more awesome guests. Until next time, keep shimming and keep dancing.